The Rigger Gambling Feed is back every Monday. Join myself, Joe House, Raheem Palmer, and John Drzebski for East Coast Bias. Sunday's action recap and our favorite bets for Monday Night Football. Then on Tuesday, we got the Roster Diamond Show where I'll break down everything you need to know in the betting world. Plus, the East Coast Bias Boys will be back on Thursday to help you get your betting card sorted ahead of all the NFL action. And then on Fridays, it's me back with Warren Sharp, deep diving into the analytics. So be sure to subscribe on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. It's the Ringers Philly special presented by FanDuel. April showers bring a loaded sports calendar and FanDuel is the place to bet on it all. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub. Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page. Plus, start betting on the Explore page and the Pulse and get paid instantly when you win. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states? Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on, I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, Tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. You know, unless you're wearing Philly red or you're, you're a Philly, they don't like you. You know, and I love that. Welcome to the Ringers, Philly Special, Shield Kapadia here. I'm going solo tonight, had to hop on the mic after the Phillies took game one from the Atlanta Braves in what can only be described as a 3-0 thriller, a game filled with drama, tension, amazing moments. I'm going to go through all of them. Here's what we're doing. I'm just giving you five takes. I don't even know if these are coherent or not. You were all uh, sitting there watching like I was. You couldn't breathe. You didn't know what was going. You blacked out, all that stuff. So hopefully some of this makes sense. We're keeping it simple. First one, that Trey Turner double play will go down as an all-time moment in Philadelphia Phillies history. Listen, maybe I'm being a prisoner of the moment, Maybe this is recency bias. I don't really think so. Bottom of the eighth, Phillies are up 3-0. Rob Thompson brings Orion Kirkering back out to start the eighth. He walks Acuna on four pitches. Matt Strom comes in. Austin Riley singles. All of a sudden, two guys on base. Olsen flies out. You've got first and third with Albies up 
and the game on the line. Albies hits one hard. Near Trey Turner. Turner dives. It's 103.4 miles per hour off the bat. It was the Braves' third hardest hit of the entire game. Turner dives to his left. Great flip to Stott. Broadcast made the point, you know, sometimes that flip might not have a lot of juice on it. It had enough velocity. Stott makes the incredible turn for the double play. Bryce Harper pumped. Trey Turner pumped. Matt Strom pumped. Brandon Marsh pumped. Everyone pumped. Everyone jumping around their living rooms after that play. I mean, that is an all-time play in a huge spot. If a run scores right there, it's 3-1, to one, and Ozuna is the tying run at the plate. Instead, inning over. Listen, these are the moments where you need your highest paid guys. I remember we did a pod in the middle of the season and it was like none of their highest paid players were coming through for them. Obviously, Trey Turner was a huge part of that until what, August 3rd, August 4th, and then he was one of the best players in baseball. Uh, That is the highly paid Trey Turner coming through in a huge Huge spot. And, and his defense has been an issue at times this year. I forget how many errors he had. It was definitely over 20 errors. That was definitely part of it. When he was struggling, he comes through with a huge defensive play. This is the type of play that like years from now, when they're doing hype videos for the 2073 Philadelphia Phillies, that's the type of play. That that play, not the type of play, that specific play will be in that video uh, when they're doing montages of the great plays. Now, this all sort of, like you need to at least win this series for what I'm saying to be true. I think if you lose the series, it probably, uh, you still remember it, but it loses some juice. But uh, man, if you win this series, I'm not going to say, you know, if you go to X, Y, and Z, we're not going to jinx that right now. But uh, if this ends up being a special postseason, let's just say that, uh, I have a hard time believing that we're going to have like three moments, two moments, maybe not one moment that is bigger than that play from Trey Turner right there. Maybe one moment. There's still a lot of baseball to be played. Maybe two moments, but three. No, I don't think we're going to have three bigger moments. So uh, incredible play by Trey Turner in a huge spot that uh, if he doesn't make that, who knows what we're talking about right now. Okay, that's take number one. Take number two, Rob Thompson with an unreal performance with his decisions in this baseball game. For those who listen often, regularly, you know, I try not to do results over process. I think, what was I thinking at the time the decision was made? Was that the right decision? Was that the wrong decision? I try not to make it outcome-based. I don't know how you can do anything but make this outcome-based with with the way this game played out. Bottom of the fourth, Ranger Suarez is rolling in this game. He gives up a pair of singles with two outs. Neither ball is hit hard, but there's two guys on. It's the fourth inning. Phillies are up one nothing. Braves have two on with two out. Ozuna up. Rob Thompson comes out and pulls Ranger Suarez. At that point in the game, Ranger Suarez had not allowed a single hard hit ball. You know, the baseball uh, defines it like a ball that's 95 miles per hour or hit harder off the bat. He hadn't allowed a single hard hit ball in the, in the fourth inning. The 11 hardest hit balls in the entire game up to that point were hit by the Phillies. I mean, he, this was like whatever you, you were hoping for from Ranger Suarez coming into the game. He had delivered that and so much more. 
He's only at 53 pitches. The pitch count was low. He didn't have to pitch um, in the wild card round. I mean, he was fresh. He was ready for this. So Rob Thompson comes out, takes him out. I thought it was a mistake. I thought, what are you doing? Now you have to get through five and one third innings with your bullpen against this lineup, the best lineup in the majors. I just thought the odds of all those guys pitching well enough to win you this game, nobody slipping up, nobody having one bad inning, nobody giving up a home run, that just, the the, the odds of that just seem so low to me. So full disclosure, I wanted Ranger to stay in the game. But, you know, as you do, you see who comes out. You say, all right, cousin, cousin Jeff, at least it's cousin Jeff. Cousin Jeff comes in, walks Ozuna. Now I'm really going like, oh my gosh, I, I can't believe this. Is this going to backfire right now? But then he strikes out Harris, inning over. So there I'm saying, all right, Cousin Jeff came through. You got through the fourth inning. But still in my head, like all of you, I'm playing who's, who, how many guys are going to have to pitch? Five, six, seven, eight, and nine. Who is going to be pitching uh, in this game? How many guys do we trust, again, against this lineup that was the best lineup, a historic lineup uh, in baseball? How is the bullpen going to hold them to few enough runs to win game one. I still thought, you know what? I would have liked to get another inning or two out of Ranger Suarez and then only have had to count on a cousin Jeff and Alvarado, uh, maybe one other guy to close out the game. But that's not that's not what Rob Thompson decided. And Rob Thompson said after the game that this was his plan. Maybe more interestingly, he said that he was debating, do I tell Ranger Suarez going into the game that this is the plan. He was weighing the pluses and minuses. He said, maybe I tell him, and then you know what? He goes out there. Uh, he can just empty the tank knowing I don't need you to pitch six, seven innings. We're going to go to the bullpen. But then he thought, you know what? I don't think I want to do that. I don't think that's the right move. I don't want him thinking about that uh, going into the game. Ranger Suarez is asked about this by reporters after the game. He said, that was the perfect thing to do. Yeah, that probably would have messed with me a little bit if I knew going in I wasn't going to pitch a lot of innings. I mean, talk about pushing the right buttons. Now, again, is some of this hindsight, obviously, if, if it blows up in their face, then we say, oh my gosh, why didn't he tell all this stuff? We would second guess it to death. But you know what happened? I mean, the bullpen comes in and seven pitchers, including Suarez, combine to shut the Braves out. You have the fifth inning. Okay, Sir Anthony comes in, gives up two hits, but then strikes out the side. So he'd give up a little, but hey, no run scored. Sixth inning. It's a high leverage spot. You've got the Braves three, four, and five hitters up. Olsen, Albies, Ozuna. Thompson decides to go to Alvarado in this spot. The, the most trustworthy reliever on the team in the sixth inning. One hit, no runs. Seventh inning. Now you're going, wait. Who's left? Who's going to use to help nine outs? Who is going to pitch here? Oh, I start seeing the tweets from the beat writers. Orion Kirkering is warming up in the bullpen. You'll remember in the preview pod, if you listened, the one we did with the high hopes guys, you know, they, I said, what are we going to be saying about Orion Kirkering at the end of this, this postseason run? And they say, you know what? He's probably just going to pitch when you're up by a lot or down by a lot. I think that's what most people thought. They thought the guy's 22 years old. He was not even in our lives three weeks ago. He's a rookie. Uh, this tweet from Jason Stark, 100 days ago today, that's not a long time ago, 100 days ago, Orion Kirkering served up a home run to Stanley 
consuegra of the Brooklyn Cyclones. That was in the South Atlantic League. Now he's pitching the seventh inning in the NLDS. Uh, takes the Braves down one, two, three in that inning. Uh, just an incredible job. It was exciting. <laughs> He's an exciting pitcher uh, to watch. He comes back out in the eighth, um, delivers a walk, but then Strom comes in and uh, Trey Turner turns the double play. They still don't allow any runs. That's where I was getting shaky to be at. Where I was really feeling the anxiety was after the seventh when I thought Strom and Kimbrell are they going to be able to finish this game strong? And that, that's when I was really feeling it like, man, if you didn't need to see these two guys and it was just who we've seen pitch already closing out the game, I'd feel a lot better uh, about it. Not that those guys have not been good, but you know how it is with relief pitchers. They come in, either you feel a, a, a comfort or you feel a something terrible is going to happen feeling. And with Strom and Kimbrell, uh, I was somewhere in between. You can probably tell which way I was leaning. Ninth. Stress-free Kimbrel still almost had the pitch clock violation. Uh, JT had to, uh, Real Muto had to save him there by calling timeout. I'm glad that's something we can still count on. I'm glad he still thinks that the pitch clock uh, doesn't apply to him. But listen, I'm not going to complain about that Craig Kimbrel performance. I mean, one, two, three in the ninth inning. I was thinking you don't have to be perfect. I know you're going to give us some anxiety. Just get out of this thing with a W. He was able to do it without uh, without any stress, just one, two, three. So uh, again, seven pitchers combined to shut the Braves out. The Braves had not been shut out at home all season long. They'd been shut out twice all season, period. Not since May 12th. May 12th, was the last time this lineup did not score a run. Braves, regular season, 947 runs scored, 41 more than any other team, and Ranger Suarez and six relief pitchers combined to shut out that Braves lineup. I mean, you're talking about the most unlikely of unlikely scenarios with game two. Like this is something that even the most optimistic, wild Phillies fan who thought they were going to sweep the Braves, this is still not the way you would have predicted uh, it turned out. So uh, Rob Thompson, it's not easy. I like that he understands his job. We talk about this with the NFL. I like the coaches who understand what their job is. I feel like Thompson understands what his job is. He makes these decisions knowing if this backfires, I'm going to get ripped. That's okay. He's always so calm. He explains what he was thinking. It's not always going to work out. We still have a lot of games, hopefully, uh, to get through here in this postseason. I'm sure we'll be second guessing something at some point. But so far, I mean, the you know the the wild card series. You uh, start Pache instead of Marsh. That works out. Uh, you go with Ranger in Game Three with the bullpen. That works out to a, a much higher level. Um, you know, just a, a great job by the manager. Unbelievable job the way it worked out. All right, let's take a quick little break. We'll get come back. Uh, I got three more takeaways for you. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. 
All right, we are back on the Ringers Philly special, talking about the Phillies' game one win over the Atlanta Braves, three nothing. Uh, they go go up one game to nothing in the series. Game two Monday in Atlanta, and then it comes back to Philly for Wednesday and Thursday. By the way, I am loving these start times. I don't need an eight oh seven start time, six oh seven. Fantastic! I'm gonna get to get to bed at a, uh, a great, uh, a, a decent hour. Uh, kids can watch. No one's all tired. Then I mean, listen, you would have watched this game if it started at 11:30 uh, p.m. Eastern time. But I'm loving the start times for this series. All right. Point number takeaway number three. Point take. I don't even know what I'm calling these. Bryce Harper is doing what Bryce Harper does. Bottom of the sixth, one nothing game. He takes Spencer Strider deep. I think it was a slider, low slider, uh, out to the right field seats. 115.3 miles per hour off the bat. As Todd Zalecki noted on Twitter, this was the hardest ball ever hit off of Spencer Strider by a good distance. The previous eye, 111.8 miles per hour. Again, this one, 115.3 miles per hour. Here's what Bryce, all Bryce Harper has done here in five postseason games against the Braves over the last two seasons, okay? 10 for 18 with three home runs, six RBIs, six extra base hits. He is hitting 556 with a 619 on base percentage and a 1.841 OPS. He is killing them. Again, it's a five-game sample. It could look different by the end of this series. I don't think it's going to. I think he's built for these moments. Uh, I don't think we've seen many athletes in Philadelphia history in my lifetime who are built for these moments and seem to just come through over and over and over and over again the way Bryce Harper does. I mean, you know, you put yourself in the shoes of like the fan of the opposing team. Think about what Braves fans are going to be feeling every time Bryce Harper is up in this series. They could go, if it, listen, Phillies could go down 2 1 in this series, and we'll be expecting Bryce Harper to come through in game four. He looks like a man on a mission. Uh, he looks like he wants this so bad. I've said it before one of the most fascinating Phillies seasons in my lifetime. Maybe, I, I don't know. You guys call me out. If I'm using too much hyperbole uh, today, if I'm going overboard, you let me know. I really don't think I am. Consider what the guy has done. He comes back from the Tommy John surgery faster than any player in Major League history. He comes back. He doesn't have his power right away. He's frustrated that he can't hit the ball uh, out of the butt. You know, he, he, his home run, his power numbers are all down. Everyone's asking him, what's going on? When's it going to come back? People are looking at other athletes who have had Tommy John surgery. Well, you know, sometimes it doesn't come back uh, until the following year. He finds his power. Not only does he find his power, he learns how to play first base. Did you forget that? I kind of forgot that until I started writing down some notes for this uh, section of the podcast. He learns how to play first base. It has not been an issue. So finds his power, becomes their best hitter in the second half of the season, learns how to play first base, and here he is just adding another moment to the resume as a Philadelphia Philly. Uh, has just been incredible to watch. Love watching him. Don't think there have been uh, many Philadelphia athletes, certainly not many Phillies players, who I've enjoyed watching more than Bryce Harper, who I, who I feel more confident in when he comes in in a big spot, uh, specifically in the playoffs. 
specifically against the Atlanta Braves. So um, just uh, another huge moment for Bryce Harper in game one. All right. Some leftovers. This, you know, this, I don't like doing this. Like you can't say four leftovers. Like leftovers is not a take. I understand that. What do you want from me? I'm doing a solo pod. I'm used to talking uh, to other people on here. So I'm, I'm doing the best I can. All right, here are some leftovers from the game that I just felt like I need to address uh, before we look ahead to game two and the rest of the series. The catcher's interference call that gave the Phillies their third run in the eighth inning. I mean, talk about a wildly exciting moment that this is i love these moments in sports where it's like nothing really happened but it's something rare that happened and so it becomes this you're just you like you wait what what is going on here you finally comprehend it and then you go nuts here so uh eighth inning top of the eighth phillies are up bases are loaded all of a sudden jt real muto swings and then he looks at the ump and then he starts walking to first base wait what is going on here Catcher's interference. The, the, as soon as he says it to the ump, the ump is like, yep, yeah, yeah, that was exactly uh, catcher's interference right there. Then they start showing the replay, you know, the Braves, uh, the Braves challenge, and they start showing the replay, and you go, I don't really see the bat hitting the glove there. The announcers are saying that. They're saying, oh, I don't know, you can't really see the contact there, but then we're all conditioned in every sport. Well, you know, it's got to be enough evidence to, uh, to overturn it. Does it clearly show that it did not hit the glove? I don't know. Maybe it hit the little, well, you know, Naya and I are looking at, maybe it hit the little lace there, uh, on the glove. You know, that, that seems like enough doubt to me where you can't overturn it. Uh, and so really every replay they showed, I did not see a moment where it looked like, yes, it definitely hit the glove. Now the announcers made uh, a couple good points on this one. And I think this is the biggest one. If you look at the Braves catcher, Murphy, he knew it right away. He turns around in good camera work on this, uh, slams his mitt against his knee. Like, I can't believe I did that. I can't believe I just gave them a run in this big spot. He did not argue at all. He was not the one telling uh, the manager, telling the rest of the Braves that, no, 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 this this is nonsense. I did not uh, make any contact there. Like, he looked like a guy who knew that the bat hit his glove. Um, and so you saw that. And then the other thing is maybe the ump heard it. I mean, sometimes you hear it and you don't see it. Um, again, the replays, I'm looking at it going, oh, I don't know. I don't see the bat um, hit the mitt there at all. So that's one of those where I think, I, I don't think, I know that if I were on the other side of it as a Phillies fan, I would be furious. But I also legitimately actually think they probably uh, made the right call there when you just looked at the reaction from Real Muto, from the ump, uh, and from the Braves catcher, Murphy, right there. So obviously a huge break. That's not how anyone expected the Phillies to score one of their three runs, uh, but we will uh, we will take it because it added a little less stress uh, for the rest of the game there. All right, next one I wanted to get to. Bryson Stott comes through yet again. Fourth inning, scoreless game. Bryce Harper uh, has a great at bat. He walks. Strider fires one into the stands on a pickoff attempt. Such a shame, Spency. You know, gotta get, gotta get that ball down. You have a tall uh, first baseman. You don't want to be firing that bad boy uh, into the stands there. So he fires that into the stands. Bryce Harper goes to second base. Stots up. 0-2 count. Okay. Uh, goes opposite field. Scores Harper. one nothing. Uh, I mean, just comes through uh, in a huge spot. 
right there. Uh, I'm trying to think here. Who was up uh, after Bryce Harper? It, it was two outs, so it wasn't Stott uh, right away. Oh, yeah, Alec Bohm. Alec Bohm, who just looked lost all night. It's okay, Bohm. We still believe in you. Cliff's favorite player, but uh, he strikes out swinging there, so that was the second out. So Stott's up there with two outs, 0-2 count. You know, uh, Topper came out uh, to talk to the umps after Harper was only allowed to go to second because it was a throw off the mound. That got Stott a little extra time there in the uh, around the batter's box to maybe think about how he wanted to approach uh, that at bat down in the count. He comes through with the huge hit. Only thing I was disappointed there, we didn't get to see a Dusty Wath in there. Did he wave Bryce Harper? Did Harper uh, ignore him and and take home anyway? Because there was a play at the plate. I mean, he was he was safe by a good amount, but there was uh, a play at the plate there. So if we can get a little replay, I mean, I want a little Dusty cam for these games with the way the uh, the wild card series went. But Dusty has bounced back in a big way. Back to Bryson Stott, two for three with a walk, with an RBI, and had the great turn on the double play we mentioned earlier with Trey Turner. So coming off the Grand Slam, uh, comes through huge once again. Another one of these Phillies who, when he's up, I'm like, I don't know if he's always going to come through, but I know he's going to give me a good at bat. So nice game from Bryson Stock. Uh, last leftover I have for you, Braves fans throwing bottles and cans onto the field. Listen, I am required. This is the Ringers Philly special. This is a Philadelphia podcast. I'm required to mention, and it's true, that if this were Phillies fans, all over social media, all you'd be seeing by all the national types, all oh, classic Phillies fans, more bad behavior added to the snowballs at Santa Claus, the batteries at JD Drew, the, you know, like it go, go on uh, and on and on booing Santa Claus, all that. Well, it wasn't Phillies fans. It was Braves fans. If it were Phillies fans, it would be leading Sports Center national shows. The clips would be circulating. Over and over again, they'd be getting crushed left and right. Uh, Braves fans who threw those bottles and cans and trash and whatever it was uh, onto the field there. I think that was after the the catcher's interference uh, was upheld there upon replay. Um, they should take a little heat as well. I mean, listen, now they were getting ripped because the stadium was really quiet. And while I think they deserve to be ripped there, I mean, Braves, you know, they don't score a run. They weren't giving them a lot to uh, cheer about there. So uh, bad job by them. Do not throw stuff onto the field. Do not throw trash onto the field. Uh, learn the rules. Catcher's inter interference. Be a, a, you know, a savvy baseball fan like myself here. And uh, don't complain about stuff like that. All right. Number five. Last one here. It's a long series, of course. Best of five. But you have to love where the Phillies are at right now. I know that's an obvious statement. But let me explain. I, again, I always like looking at it from the other team's perspective. If you're the Braves, this team took you down in four games last year. You looked helpless at Citizens Bank Park, okay? So now you come into this season, you say, no, it's going to be different. We have an all-time lineup. We've got our ace on the mound. We're getting payback. Your ace goes on the mound and allows one earned run in seven innings against the Phillies' number three starter and the Phillies, Phillies' bullpen. I mean, Strider strikes out eight in seven innings, and you still lose that ball game with your lineup. So now you're down 1-0. There are potentially four more games in this series, and the Phillies should have Zach Wheeler for two of those games. They should have Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola, their two best starters, for three 
of the four remaining games. I mean, that is huge. If you're the Braves, you've already lost home field advantage. Games three and four uh, are at Citizens Bank Park. Phillies have already gotten the split they were looking for down in Atlanta. At the very worst, they'll come back on Wednesday 1-1 in this series. So the pressure is on this Braves team for game two. If you are the Phillies, this is the ultimate step on their throat type game. You want them coming to Philadelphia on Wednesday, doing one, two, three Cancun, saying there's no chance we're winning the final three games of the series. We're not winning two games in Citizens Bank Park. You want them coming back, coming to Philadelphia down 0-2. This is the time to pounce. Zach Wheeler has been so, so good in the playoffs for this team over the last two seasons. I mean, more than that in the regular seasons and for longer than that, sure. But specifically, I mean, we talked about it in a previous edition of this podcast. He has been a big-time pitcher for this team. You have a great advantage right here. I mean, you have Wheeler going up against Max Freed. And for those who haven't been following it, Max Freed, Braves pitcher. Uh, this is from MLB.com. He's been dealing with this blister on his index finger. Okay, so. He has not pitched a real game since September 21st. We're talking about two and a half weeks here. He pitched like this simulated fake game on Tuesday. I think he pitched five innings. They were, you know, the report was like, all right, yeah, he got through that. That's good news. He wore a Band-Aid over his finger during this game. He's not allowed to wear a Band-Aid. I read again on this MLB.com article, he's not allowed to wear the Band-Aid in the real game. And so you have a starter on. Monday night, where you really don't know what kind of shape he's going to be in. You don't know what he's going to look like. Sorry, just moved my phone there. You don't know what he's going to look like. Uh, you don't know how long he's going to last. And you've got Zach Wheeler for your team. Now, you know, you could say, well, the Phillies had a lot of guys pitch tonight. That's true. They get a day off. They get a day off in between. I mean, this really helps Rob Thompson's strategy and really helps uh, this Phillies team right here. So a uh, big opportunity to go up 2-0, bring it home to Citizens Bank Park. That place will be going wild regardless on Wednesday night. But man, if that's a closeout elimination game against the Braves, uh, really has the potential to be one of the great sporting events we've seen in this city in recent memory. Again, I'm not, you know me, I'm not going to be getting, uh, I'll be frightened. I'll be, uh, you know, terrified if they lose uh, game two about what's what's going to happen next. That's the way these series go. Uh, Braves have a, again, a very potent lineup. They could knock Zach Wheeler out of the game in three innings. They could put up 15 runs in that game. They could hit five home runs. All these things are in play. But just when you look at it, the way it's shaping up, uh, you have to be thrilled if you are a Phillies fan. All right. Those are my takeaways from game one. Again, Phillies three, Braves zero. Game two, Monday at 6.07 p.m. We've got the Eagles taking on the Rams on Saturday afternoon. Solak and I will be back to recap that one. All right. Thanks to Cliff Augustine for producing. Thank you to everyone listening. We will talk to you soon on the Ringers Daily Special.
must be 21 plus and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXTSTEP to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. 